the bullies. Laugh in the face of danger. Fight for truth. Going where no conservative has gone before. It's time for the Kelly Truth Squad with William J. Kelly. The Truth Squad's Week in Review begins right now. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And, oh my gosh, we are reunited with uh, the legendary Brian McCarthy, uh, the... Obviously, the producer of the Kelly Truth Squad, Brian. Thank you for being here, brother. Oh, I wouldn't be anywhere else. And, of course, Warner Todd Houston, PubliusForum.com, social media guru. And um, we are looking forward to seeing him on Kelly Truth Squad TV, KTS TV. Um, that announcement is going to be made uh, via Facebook uh, very, very soon. Uh, I We have a date in May uh, for the launch of KTS TV. TV. Go to kellytruthsquad.com. Follow us on Facebook and you'll be one of the first to know where and when you can see K, uh, Kelly Truth Squad TV. And of course, the legendary Maureen O'Looney um, right here in the studio with us. How are you doing, Maureen? Oh, absolutely. Now, you were just on the phone with the network, I take it. I was indeed. And uh, so the... So, <laughs> Don't say another word. Just, just in a word. I, I, and in a word. Um, now we have a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of people calling in. We're going to have PJ O'Rourke, Steve Dahl, uh, the uh, one of the uh, childhood hero of mine growing up, Steve Dahl, Evil Knievel, and um, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of childhood heroes growing up. Uh, what can I tell you? Uh, but Steve Dahl is going to be joining us, and the new. Editor of Breitbart.com, Stephen Bannon. He's the executive chairman. He's the executive chairman. We had Stephen Bannon in town for the, we did the Chicago premiere of his film, The Undefeated, about uh, Sarah, um, <clears throat> Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, so uh, we're very, very happy for Stephen Bannon. And um, I'm not going to take all the credit for his success, but, um, but I know that he obviously is, uh, He's deeply indebted to us. Let me just let, let me leave it at that. Okay, now, um, and we we uh, we are contributors to all that Breitbart stuff. The the big government, the big journalism, the big Hollywood. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. And so we we like to do a lot of that stuff. And if you go to KellyTruthSquad.com, you can just click on the big journalism icon. Absolutely. Uh, so, at any rate, uh, we have someone on the line who um, is uh, you know I'm Catholic. I don't think that's a secret. I think people know that. I studied in the seminary. I uh, traveled to Rome, met with uh, Pope John Paul II on a couple of occasions. And um, so that uh, so that obviously influences my beliefs and my, <laughs> you know, my, my politics and my life. Um, I know some people should say that it shouldn't, that there should be a strict separation between church and state. And that for William J. Kelly to be Catholic, to have Catholic faith and beliefs and to be involved in, you know, politics, uh, is a threat to the church and the state that it could possibly destroy the church and the state. I, I would imagine some people might feel that way, but, um, but obviously I don't feel that way at all. I think that it's, you know, I think that what is the church or the state if you don't express your, your opinions and your beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so we've got somebody on the line who hopefully is going to clarify this whole thing. Okay, because a lot of people, Catholics, I think in particular, have been have been brainwashed, have been have bought into this whole idea that they have got to stay out of politics. Otherwise, the church and the state will be destroyed. You know, um, hey, Josh, are you there? Josh. 
<laughs> and go bye-bye. <laughs> Josh, unfortunately. Hey, Josh, are you there? Yes. Oh my God! Right. I was afraid that maybe I was afraid that maybe uh, you uh, you didn't want to mix church and, and radio. Nah, no, I was here the whole time. I was listening to you the whole time. Oh, Ron. good, good, good. Okay. So, uh, hey, Josh. Now you are with uh, an organization called Catholic Vote. That's right, and we get involved in politics, and uh, every day we get emails or Facebook comments. People say they, they they're really happy to quote with uh, quote me on this. Say. No, we don't believe in the separation of church and state. Don't you know about that? Don't you read the Constitution? All that kind of stuff. Okay. Kind of humorous. Uh, I have read the First Amendment of the Constitution, uh, and it does refer to Establishment Clause, and it says quite clearly that the United States federal government cannot have a national church, but I have no idea why that means that I, as a Catholic, can't be involved in politics, why I can't donate right. to candidates running for office, why I can't call my congressman and tell him not to vote for a, a stupid bill. Right. Not to mention the fact that uh, people from other uh, people who believe, you know, things that are opposite of your beliefs and your faith, they seem to have all the uh, the all, all the rights in the world to go out and push their agendas. So it seems a little, yeah, it seems strange. Absolutely to me. right. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I'm not trying to convince people of that. I'm not. I'm not trying to convince the United States Senate to say that the Eucharist is the Lord, even though I know that's true. I don't need the United States Senate to say that, although it happens to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that as a Catholic. Sure. So what, what's going on with, the, with the, the notion of the Church and its autonomy and its freedom in this country and the government and the sphere of power that it involves with? That balance has been uh, ruptured. In, uh, you know, that we've, we have this balance for 200 years. Who's ruptured it? It's actually President Obama. What's funny is polling is starting to actually suggest that Americans are upset not with Christians or Catholics or whatever, this whole mandate business, and we're talking about the, the mandate, uh, sterilization sure. mandate, contraception mandate, they're upset actually at President Obama, because they're saying, wait a minute now, I'm, you know, a lot of Americans might say, I got no problem with contraception, but I'll be darned if I'll force Catholic hospitals or Catholic schools or any kind of religious school or hospital that they have to provide sterilizations or contraception or abortion drugs. So right. it's funny, this whole separation of church and state what that really means is the government shouldn't try to control the church, the church shouldn't try to control the government, but people, we as free people, have every right to be involved in politics. Right. Well, and is, isn't that exactly the point here, though? Uh, you know, a lot of people on the left are running around saying that, oh, the, the church should stay out of politics, but uh, the, the politics isn't staying out of the church. Uh, the, the, the federal government under President Obama is increasingly involving itself in church business. So why shouldn't the church have something to say about that or religious people involve themselves in, in trying to stop that kind of incursion? Yeah, get, get your government out of my church. Right, I know that's very true. I mean, like Archbishop Carlson said it really well at uh, at, a, at a rally. He said he's the Archbishop of St. Louis. He said, "Yes, we." I'm, I'm paraphrasing him. He said, "Yes, we as Christians have to pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but we're not going to give to Caesar what belongs to God." And that's what he's saying with regards to our schools and our hospitals. And here's the funny thing about this: the Obama administration has tried to argue, "Oh, well, you know, St. Mary's Catholic." Uh, school down the street or Sacred Heart Hospital, whatever, those aren't really Catholic or Christian in any sense of the way. Because you're a hospital and you have non-Catholic patients, or you're a school and you have non-Catholic students, then you're just a school like any other school. And it's such nonsense. It's a total reinterpretation of what the First Amendment is, 
total reinterpretation of the religious liberty. And Americans aren't buying it. They don't like it. They're rejecting it. And it's backfiring on the Obama administration. And you know what's funny? Even he himself is a total hypocrite on this, because he was at church over Easter, and he was talking about this church, and he said, hey, you know, you guys are doing great work, and he commented about what the church does, the church he was visiting. And he mentioned the, the charity that the church was doing, and I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute now. Isn't that just any old charity? It's not a part of the church's mission, right? That's what we've been saying the whole time. Right. So well, even the president himself is a total hypocrite. And, and, and wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be amusing if, if you were to try to make your hospital Catholics only, you know, uh, oh, Obama the would be the first person to say, you can't discriminate like that. <laughs> I just imagine it. We, we, we tell every Lutheran student to leave Catholic schools. We tell our Jewish janitors they can't work at our hospitals. I mean, it would be the outcry, and it would be unbelievable. It's, it's not what we as Christians would ever think of doing. Right. Yes, indeed. You know, and that's the point that, you know, Jesus himself wouldn't qualify for this HHS mandate. It's so ridiculous. Well, but that's the thing, Josh, is that it is ridiculous, and it's ridiculous by design, so that um, so that it, we as Catholics are endlessly tied up in knots trying to somehow convince people that it's okay for us to, you know, be involved in politics, and, and while all the while, you've got people who hate our church and hate our values, um, you know, just running you know, government, the media, the entertainment industry, the universities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and you know, it must gotta, be a, it must be a big joke to them. You know, I got to tell you, it, uh, Vice President Biden, for as much of a doofus as he is, right, he's more politically astute than Barack Obama is. He really, he said to Obama, "You really, you, you don't want to do this." And, and the reason why Biden said that is he's someone who went to Catholic schools. You know, when he grew up in uh, you know in uh, in Pennsylvania, and then he moved to Delaware. He's someone who went to Catholic schools. He goes, you're going to, I mean, he basically was telling them, you're, you're going to wake up a sleeping giant here. Right. And the old chief of staff daily said the same thing to Obama. You don't want to do this. And they're like, no, go for it. We'll try to win young, independent voters and women and all this other stuff. And it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And he has woken up a sleeping giant. He doesn't realize there are a lot of Catholics out there who have told us, just, and even just today on our Facebook wall, someone was like, you know what? I, I think contraception is fine, but I'm with you on this issue. This religious liberty issue, this is not okay for our federal government to try to tell the Catholic Church what it can do with its schools and what it can do with its hospitals and charities. Because what's next? If the government gives itself that power to redefine what a church is, what power, what power does it not have then? Right. And, um, you know, yeah, that, it's, it's really amazing now, to, I, to I see it, Josh. Up, I want to wake up people about this Please. issue, though, because a lot of people are saying, well, we're just going to, you know, it looks like the Supreme Court might overturn Obamacare, you know, I don't know. That would be a great, that would be a great Christmas gift in June if that happens. Okay, but who knows? They might, they might double down. They might support it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to count on the Supreme Court alone to defend my liberties. There's right. one president right here who who gave us this uh, this rule. I mean, Secretary Sebelius, she went right to the top and said, "Obama, do we want to do this?" And he said, "Yes." He signed off on it. And then that's a guy I do not want reelected. If he believes in that assault on religious liberty, he needs to go. We need a new president that will respect the religious liberty, and we need a new Senate. And I'm telling people, you got you got to get these guys sure. out. Now, Josh, you know, I, I think that that is the difference, though, between an, a Biden or a Daley and an Obama. Obama's a revolutionary. He's committed to the destruction of what he perceives to be the, you know, the bulwark against 
uh, his values, which is well, you know, obviously there's a lot of secularists over the over, over the decades, uh, radical secularists who really truly believe that the Catholic imprint on health care and in, in the education is a threat uh, to their w- way of life, their ability, their their ability to to right. rechange, as you were saying, with the media and the elites and all that other mm-hmm. kind of stuff in the universities, so to, to alter American society to be like you know a society that's completely forgotten about God. And Catholics, we're kind of in the way. You know, we're, we're still running right. these colleges and these hospitals and these schools. It's like, gosh, for the secularists, got to get them out of there. Well, and in we- a lot of ways, Josh, the Catholic Church or the Catholic people um, see are, are really the one obstacle in the path of uh, of these, you know, moral relativists. I guess that's what we used to call them back in the 80s when right. we were having the, the, this exact same conversation on the radio. I'd go on the radio and I'd say you know, that, you know, talk about what I believed was right. And then immediately the person that I was debating would say, but those are your values. You have yeah. no right to tell me your values. And, and then I, and as a, as a young Catholic at the time, I, it, it occurred, it, it struck me as odd because I thought, well, wait a second, there, there's only one right and wrong. It's not like, you know, there are my values and then there are your values and then they're both like equally, uh, you know, right. You know, obviously. So, uh, so that 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 I have to be honest with you. You know, I don't know how wow. old you are, Josh, but but you know, back when we were having this debate, this exact same you know <laughs> debate back in you know the eighties and then the nineties and then you know, uh, you know, every uh, election cycle since then, um, it just uh, it always struck me as odd that you would right. always have the the moderator of the debate or you know the host of the show basically telling me that my values, you know, that I had to just somehow keep my values to myself, and yet. You know, they were somehow had this license to 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 promote their values uh, in the entertainment industry, the the media, the you know the universities, etc. Um, right. They always how do you how, yeah. at us. It's amazing. Right. You know. We also need to point out that uh, one of the prime values that is supposed to override all this is the value of democracy, yeah. and that is a value that Obama is completely violating because he's making all these changes <clears throat> via regulation. Not via the the ballot box and right. not via uh, the the legislative system. He's going around making his little fiat rules, writing right. them into regulation, and just you know, like a potentate, installing them. Right. Well, so, actually, you know, I, I, I'm still old school in this sense. I, I still like to refer to our country as a republic rather than a democracy, because the idea of a republic is you don't just get if the United States Senate decides we don't have religious liberty anymore or something else that's in the that we cherish in the First Amendment, they can just get rid of it. The Constitution says no, and and we can defend our liberties and say no. We can take it to the Supreme Court, or you know, we can take it to the ballot box, or whatever. We can defend our liberties. Uh, but and that's you know, I got I got to tell you that the debate about secularism is is key. And you you talk about when you say values, I don't like you know honestly, I'm with Bill Bennett on this one. I don't like the word values, and the reason why is because look, you know what I value living, you know, in a home that's got, a, let's say, a big fence. That's something I value. That's something I put an importance on. But that's the, the word value tends to, to be a subjective-sounding word. And that's why they can just say, well, that's what you find interesting. I don't like vanilla ice cream. I like strawberry ice cream. And so that's why Bill Bennett says, Let's, the values word isn't working. We really got to focus and say, you know, what are, the, what are the virtues? What are the civic virtues that we want to promote and defend and, and, you know, and try to foster in the laws that we, you know, we get together and we try to determine what are the laws that we're all going to be governed by. And what virtues should we try to uphold or try to defend? I mean, we're not right. going to be able to try to 
make everyone completely you know virtuous. We're not going to trans- make everyone a saint by the laws that we pass. But our, the, the, the laws that we pass will, will be reflective of the virtues that we as a society think are worth upholding. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention and the some fact of those that the virtues yeah. are having a general tolerance for different peoples and stuff sure. like that. Yes, but there are also other virtues like making sure we're honest. You know, in our dealings with other people. Right. You know, and we can go down the line. And not to I, mention, I kind of like it that way better. I, you know what, Josh, I, I really appreciate your, uh, you know, you doing what you're doing, Catholic Vote. What now? Are you based in Chicago, or do you have offices throughout the country? What? What? Where's your home base? We are based in Chicago. I happen to be in uh, just uh, just about next door there here uh, in Michigan. There, okay. But, um, but we are based in Chicago, and, we, and uh, we're just trying to get people focused on the issues uh, that matter. And, and yes, we really do consider the Catholic laity to be the sleeping giant, and we're hoping Agreed. this mandate that we can really wake up this giant and say, "Here, we got to start talking about these issues: life and faith and family, religious liberty." What does it mean to be a, a Catholic and a citizen of the United States? And uh, we're not trying to impose our ideas on other people. We're just trying to decide what laws should we have. Well, you know, I um, I recently ran to be chairman of the Chicago Republican Party, and we have <laughs> uh, we have an organization uh, actually that's a very activist organization called the Chicago Republican Organization. I'd love to have you out to speak uh, to that group uh, maybe next month or something. Well, when are how often are you in Chicago? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, that's a good thinking. I, I'm I could probably make it out. Uh, you know, sometime next month. I mean, I get down okay. there. Uh, about three, four times a year, depending sure. on how things go. So, because one of the things that I've noticed, whether it's you know whether it's Catholics clearly, or even you know the the Republican Party, especially you know in Chicago, or even the Tea Party now, is that people are becoming more and more, um, you know, from what I've seen at least, you know, in Chicagoland, is a lot of people they they want to meet, they want to have. Uh, maybe a speaker uh, reinforce something that they already believe, like Obamacare is bad or something, but they don't really seem to have an action plan. That's what we're hoping to 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 you know to give um, you know in the months and, and years to come with the Chicago Republican organization as an action plan for people to actually get involved in campaigns and to win elections. Now, what is Catholic Vote doing? To you know, to to like you said, wake up this uh, this sleeping giant and and use this uh, Obama um, you know mandate to actually accomplish this. Well, one of the things I've been like last election cycle, one of the things that we try to do is we try to find really good Catholic candidates that were running for office. You know, like uh, Bobby Schilling, yes, know, from the, the from the west side of the wow. and then obviously uh, Sean Duffy up there in Wisconsin, sure, uh, Dan Beneshek here up in Michigan where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to find these good Catholics who are running for office who are pro-life, pro-family, and then here's the idea: is we're, I'm, you know, Emily's list got started by finding people who love abortion right. all across the country to donate money to help out someone like Barbara Mikulski, and she got elected to the Senate there in Maryland. Okay. The same idea on our side. Why can't we get all the Catholics in the country? If you live in Chicago, and you know, I, uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. is your congressman. And you got no chance of getting right. rid of him. I'm not saying that's true or not. Maybe there is, but you get kind of frustrated. It's like, well, you know what? Why don't you come help Catholic vote, and we can help Bobby Schilling, who's going to have a tough reelection campaign going on, or help you know Sean Duffy up there in Wisconsin, help some of these other candidates get elected. So you still have an opportunity to participate in the political process, even well, if 
Josh, neighborhood you're in might be a little tougher. Well, Josh, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, please uh, keep, you know, give give us a call and uh, let's schedule you to come out and speak to the Chicago Republican organization next month. Uh, we've got a big boat cruise coming up. Uh, you know, maybe we can uh, get uh, you know some some people from Catholic Vote to come out and join us on that. Oh, that'd be great. And nice talking with you. All right, you got it, brother. And we'll be back with more Kelly Truth Squad after this. Right on, America. More with the Kelly Truth Squad coming your way next. The Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And um, I know one thing is for sure. That is when you, that America is, is the land of uh, freedom of speech, if nothing else. Uh, am I right, Maureen? Oh, it, you are indeed. And, and of course, uh, Warner Todd Houston, our social media director, um, who is obviously someone who has expressed uh, a, an opinion or two on Facebook. Or um, three or four or five. Yeah. <laughs> a day. You, yeah, you, uh, you definitely can appreciate the, the importance of freedom of speech, right? Well— I can appreciate it, but I don't want anyone else to have any. Ah. That's that's how, uh, I mean, that's how I read from the left. Uh, I, they like their freedom of speech, but they don't like anyone else's, right? Okay. So, uh, so there you see, there he goes again. He's he's expressing one of the, uh, the an opinion. It's a famous Warner Todd Houston. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Warner, um, Warner seems to think that it's, um, that what, what you're saying is that liberals, let me, let me, let me just translate this. Okay. Uh, let me break this down. What you're saying is that liberals want to have th- everyone's exp- uh, freedom of speech protected, except when they disagree with it, when they don't like what they're hearing. Well, exactly right. That's uh, they 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 think their freedom of speech is perfectly fine. Uh huh. But everyone else's should be limited. And um and if you if you agree with them, then you're open-minded. If you disagree with them, then you're closed-minded. Is and that, evil. And evil. Evil. And 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 thus your freedom of speech should be limited, if not uh, prevented from uh, right, right, being expressed. Well, let's just use a current <clears throat> example. Uh, uh, conservatives like to uh, poo-poo movies, say, mm. because say Commie Jane Fonda's in the movie. Okay, they'll say, no, we're not going to see that movie. That movie's terrible, just because she's in it. Liberals, on the other hand, say, well, we should be open-minded. You shouldn't mix up the life of the star or right. the life of the movie person with their on-screen persona. That's just entertainment. Yet Mel Gibson is trying to make a movie about uh, uh, the uh, of Judah Maccabee, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And all the liberals are incensed that Mel Gibson is involved in this movie, and they want to boycott the movie that's not even made yet just because he's involved in it. I so see. So why exactly is it okay for them to be mad at Mel Gibson uh, for being involved in a Jewish movie, mm-hmm. but then condemn us for being mad at any movie that might have Jane Fonda in it. It's, right. it's their, it's their, you know, their hypocrisy. Now they can right. they can complain that we will do that, but when they do it, it's okay. But, and and I don't think that anyone has ever really prevented Jane Fonda from being able to make any movie that she's ever wanted to make. So it's, it's not like she's ever been harmed. But the uh, Kelly Truth Squad uh, movie is still. Uh, uh, it hasn't quite. It's still. We're still. Uh, we're still trying to find a distributor for that. Yeah, it's quite difficult. But you know what? I I'm confident. I'm confident that in this United States of America, the Kelly Truth Squad movie will be released very very soon, and will be featured in all of the uh, film festivals. Probably right here in the at the in the Chicago Film Festival. It'll be uh, introduced a, by Mayor Emanuel. <laughs> Hey. Or maybe Roger Ebert. There you go. I love it. Maybe I could get uh, Rahm Emanuel's uh, brother, Ari Emanuel, 
uh, to uh, to represent to to you know help us uh, get this movie. And done. maybe Rom can do maybe Rom can do an interpretive dance just beforehand. You see, that might scare away the viewers. <laughs> that, that's how that. But you see now now you see we're putting together a deal. We're we're brainstorming. We're trying to make something good happen here. And uh, now there's um there's another example of of exactly what we're just talking about. How ironic is this of a uh, of a United States Marine, somebody who fights for our freedom. And you would think that he would have his uh, he he would also have his freedom of speech respected and and uh, protected. Who is being disciplined uh, for I guess some comments that he made about uh, our president on Facebook? Uh, we have um, his attorney uh, Gary Creep. Gary, are you there? Yes, I am. Gary, okay. I'm sorry. We were st- I was stalling for time there because I didn't know if you were on the line. Gary Creep. I've, I've, been on, I've been on the line listening to you the whole time. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I might need you to represent me, okay, because uh, we're having a heck of a time getting Kelly Truth Squad, the movie, uh, a distributor and into the theaters. I th- it's an important message. It's a, it's a coming-of-age story is, is really what it is. But, but it's mostly a, uh, but it's a, you know, it's a good versus evil. It's kind of like The Count of Monte Cristo meets, um, I don't know, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Okay. I was going to say the Three Stooges, but okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> so that's how we could. That's how we're going to. That's how we're trying to pitch this thing to Ari Emanuel, and we might need your help at some point here. I don't know what point, but um, but tell us about uh, Gary Stein, United States Marine. He's in hot water over some comments that he made about uh, Barack Obama on Facebook. Uh, what what is the? Bring us uh, up to speed on this. Well, first, let me say that I doubt if Rahm Emanuel would be very open, because I sued uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton uh, uh, over uh, campaign finance fraud huh. uh, for her uh, election to the U.S. Senate, and now I'm suing Barack, o- Barack Obama. So I kind of doubt that uh, Rahm Emanuel would be very forthcoming in offering assistance if I was involved in the project. But getting back to Gary Stein. Okay. Gary Stein is a nine-year veteran, almost nine-year veteran of the Marine Corps. He's a sergeant. He did a tour in Iraq. He had top secret clearance. Uh, he uh, didn't. He was a meteorologist, although he's been removed from that post. And uh, uh, he was doing his job. And then back in 2010, uh, he was asked. He was posting a, a negative comments about Mr. Obama on his private Facebook page concerning Obamacare. And uh, it got out. Uh, somebody made some uh, statements about it, and he was contacted. He was somebody sent it out to a liberal blogger who attacked him, and the Chris Matthews of Hardball called him and asked him to come on. He agreed, got permission from his superior officer. He was partway there when uh, the, the national headquarters of the Marine Corps called him and said, get your butt back to Camp Huffman. So he did. He met with uh, several superior officers, including a, a JAG officer. All of them told him that there was nothing wrong with what he was doing, but he needed to put up a, a disclaimer on his Facebook page saying that even though he is a Marine, he was not representing the Marine Corps, and he was not representing the United States government, the Armed Forces, and any of his comments or his private comments only, which he did. I see. Move forward to uh, uh, June of uh, 2012. Uh, during a very heated debate between a, uh, several Marines on a Facebook page over whether if uh, Mr. Obama invoked uh, the indefinite detention provisions of the NDAA, whether Marines should obey an order to disarm all American citizens and round them up and send them to these indefinite uh, detention uh, facilities, uh, if and when they're built. And he said, basically, you know what, no, uh, you know, uh, screw 
uh, Mr. Obama, screw Barack Obama. I'm not going to. Uh, uh, I'm not going to obey such an order because it's contrary to the Constitution. Hmm. Well, you know, he may have used some intemperate words. He did not use obscene language, but he may have used some intemperate words. But, uh, you know, it was a conversation, a heated conversation. And a couple of other Marines that were in part of the discussion joined in, and uh, one said even worse things about Barack Obama. I but see. anyway, the, uh, the man who was hosting at that particular Facebook page said, uh, I'm not having this, so he immediately took it down. But before he took it down, uh, he sent a copy of it to a number of places. Uh, including commanding officers, and said, you know, this guy's got to be taught a lesson or words to that effect. And so, on the, now this all happened on March, for, uh, June 1st, excuse me. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, March 1st, excuse me, and, uh, 2012. And on uh, March 21st, he was given a notice being told that he was being kicked out of the Marine Corps. Wow. For these, for these comments. Now, you have to understand a couple things. Number one, the uh, sections that he was charged under do not provide for discharge from the Marine Corps. They provide you know, demotion, reprimand, that sort of thing. They do not provide for being discharged from the Marine Corps. And uh, we uh, presented uh, several expert witnesses, and, uh, or tried to, at the uh, hearing last Thursday, which went for 15 hours from 8 a.m. in the morning okay. until 11 p.m. at night at Camp Hamilton, the Marine Corps base in uh, San Diego County. Uh, we had a retired Brigadier General of the Marine Corps who was, for a number of years, the top uh, legal uh, guy in the Marine Corps. He was the legal advisor to the Commandant of the Marine Corps. And he came to testify on his own volition, he, he volunteered to do it, that the Marine Corps, under the charges that they had against Sergeant Stein, could not, as a matter of law, discharge him. They, there was just no provision for it. It was contrary to the, to the punishment regulations of the Marine Corps. We also had a retired... Um, uh, United States Marine Corps Major, who was also a JAG officer. Uh, he was also part of Special Forces. Okay. So uh, grimy this guy, got got grimy this guy, and he showed up and stayed all day. And they wouldn't let him testify either. They said, well, you know, we're not going to allow them to testify because they might unduly influence the panel of Marines that were hearing this. Hmm. Okay, you tell them that they're doing something they can't do, and that's somehow a bad thing. All right. We also had a uh, professor of military law who teaches military law, he's an internationally known uh, expert on, on military law, who's going to say the same thing. Okay. They didn't want to hear it. Uh, I mean, the, the So it sounds like you were prevented from actually making, presenting uh, a defense of your client. Is, I'm sorry? It sounds like you were prevented from actually um, like pre presenting a defense of your client. Yes. The only witnesses we were allowed to present were like his father who said what a good kid he was growing up, and, and uh, several previous commanders who said, yeah, he was a good Marine, uh, we support him, and we don't think this should be happening. Uh, but the, the, uh, in fact, the Marine, the, uh, the prosecuting attorney actually admitted in argument that they could not discharge this Marine, Sergeant Stein, uh, under the provisions that they were charging with. They admitted it. But they said that, but if he was an officer and he said these things, he could be discharged. And they said, so we want you to basically take these rules that apply only to commissioned officers, specifically do not apply to commissioned off to non-commissioned officers like Sergeant Stein, and apply them to him and kick him out, even though legally he can't be kicked out. I mean, that was basically their argument. And so they did. I mean, we had a hand-picked uh, group. It was not a court-martial. It was an, what they call an ADCEP hearing, an administrative separation hearing. And, uh, they, of course, the, the sheep, I mean, the uh, members of the panel, 
went along with this. The whole thing, I was there the whole 15 hours. It was a kangaroo court. There was so, they, uh, a major okay. didn't like the legal <clears throat> arguments of, of a colonel who was uh, the supervisors of our Sergeant's legal defense team. So when the, the supervisor, who was a colonel, pointed out to the major that the major was violating uh, under Marine Corps regulations the rights of Sergeant Stein, the major told him to shut up or he'd have him physically removed from the hearing. So, I mean, Gary, that, let me ask you this. order and discipline? Yeah, I mean, the, this, uh, and this case hasn't really, I, I think this is the first time that this case has, re- have, has this case been received any, uh, um, any media scrutiny uh, outside of being on the Truth Squad here? Well, yes, we were on, uh, Sergeant Stein and I were on CNN okay. on, uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, they they did a live program. In fact, they extended it. There's not supposed to be five minutes. We did over nine minutes. But nice. if you go to the CNN website, all you see is a two minute clip of Soldat O'Brien criticizing uh, Sergeant Stein. But uh, you know, so we, here's we a question. The so really, what they did, it sounds like, was a, a hatchet job. Why do you think uh, your client uh, uh, Sergeant Stein is being prosecuted? Because uh, Mr. Obama, uh, this is my opinion. I'm not saying it, not saying it everything starts sign. I'm saying it as someone who's been an attorney for over 36 years and who handles a lot of constitutional law cases, a lot of cases challenging government violations of people's rights. I believe that the gentleman occupying the White House and his minions have decided that they need to make an example of Sergeant Stein that you can't say that you won't obey in lawful order. They want automatic obedience. They don't want any... See, you have to understand, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which, uh, you know, applies to this situation, says that it is a crime for a member of the military to obey an unlawful act. And it goes back to the Nazis. Oh, we were only following orders, killing all the Jews and all the gypsies and all the, the, the Serbs and Slavs and all that. So that was embedded into our military code of justice. Okay. Okay. All, all he was saying was a Marine cannot obey an unlawful act, like disarming all American citizens and rounding them up and throwing them into the equivalent of the concentration camp. That's what okay. he was saying. And, he, and yes, the rhetoric got a little heated, not just his, but other people's. Now, but let's talk about reality. Two members of the Army went on Al Jazeera in full uniform, denounced the United States. They're not punished because that's their free speech rights. Uh, a Ron Paul supporter went to a Ron Paul rally in full uniform, endorsed Ron Paul. What happened to him? He got reprimanded. Okay. Sergeant Stein, on a private Facebook page, where the, that was admission only, there's a small group of people that had access to it, said something improper, inappropriate. Okay? Because, you know, you shouldn't use that sort of language regarding, you know, someone up the chain of command. Now, I think he has a right to do it, but you can make an argument that he should. I but see. it was on a private discussion on a private Facebook page, and the only reason it got media coverage was because one of the people on there sent it out because he wanted to, to punish Sergeant Stein. He sent it out, and it got to the media from him, not from Sergeant Stein. So, but they wanted so to make really, it was a, So really, it was a private, it would be like saying something to, essentially, to your friend and... Uh, uh, and then that person then going out and blabbing it to somebody. But I mean, just the fact the fact that you're in the military doesn't mean that you you shouldn't be able to express your opinion in private, right? Well, actually, you, the Marine Corps in its rules and regulations encourages uh, members of the Marine Corps to express their their views in public. Uh-huh. It says specifically in their regulations that they're encouraged 
to write letters to the editor, to participate in, in civil, civic issues, and to even uh, say good or bad things about candidates in letters to the editor. Really? But the, the prosecution, part of their claim why he should be kicked out of the Marine Corps, even though they admitted they don't really have the part to do it, is that he appeared at a Tea Party rally, and the prosecution claimed that the Tea Party is a formal political party. The Tea Party movement is a formal political party like the Republicans and Democrats. So therefore, they claim he engaged in partisan political activity, and that justifies kicking him out. Now, well, that's obviously ludicrous, because the Tea Party is the anti-political party right. movement. It's not the pro-political party movement. I see. So, I mean, they're going after Republicans, Democrats, and everybody in between. Now you but bring up this. Was, uh, you now the, the the topic of this heated exchange was uh, actually sounds more disturbing than than the than the the heated exchange. The, this notion that the Marines would be ordered to disarm American citizens and bring them into concentration camps. I have to I have to be honest with you, um, Gary. I I'm not familiar with that uh, with that uh, with that story. Well, could you please uh, bring me up to Bring me up to date on that. What is sure. The, there, there was a bill that, uh, in the in one of the provisions of the National Defense Authorization Act, signed into law, I believe, in January by Mr. Obama, was a provision that allowed the president and and the federal government to detain uh, indefinitely, without access to an attorney, without a hearing, without even contact with the outside world, anyone that they uh, determined to be uh, a, a domestic terrorist. Now. Let's go back to 2009 when the Obama administration's Department of Homeland Security issued a memorandum, uh, uh, usually referred to as the right-wing extremism report, in which they announced that all returning members of the military, all uh, gun owners, all, all, all supporters of the Second Amendment, all pro-lifers, all opponents of illegal immigration, all U.N. opponents, all supporters of small government, according to this report that they issued, and you can obtain it online, all of those people were potential domestic terrorists. And I'm involved in a case in Connecticut, as you know, it's my foundation, as a Justice Foundation, with a guy by the name of Walter Reddy, who was taken into custody, his home searched, he searched, his rights, his Second Amendment rights were removed by the state of Connecticut because he turned up on one of these potential domestic terrorist lists, had no criminal record. Uh, his, his crime, well, he'd been one of the organizers of Tea Party events in the, in, in the New England area going back to 2007. So that's why he lost his gun rights, and we're challenging that in court. Okay. Well, it, it seems to me like like being in the military is actually being used, whereas at one point you would be considered to be one of the most honored um, members of the community. Uh, from what you're telling me, it sounds like being in the military makes you one of the more suspicious members of the community in the eyes of the Ob Obama administration. What is the next step for your client, for uh, for Sergeant Stein? Uh, how, and what's the likely outcome here, Gary? Well, well, he's appealing it through the military, but we've been essentially told that that dog don't hunt. Okay. He's gone, as far as Marines are concerned. We're also uh, moving into the federal court system. We have a hearing tomorrow before a federal court judge in San Diego, California. And then if we are not successful there on Monday, we'll be filing uh, pleadings with the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal. So, you know, we're continuing to do this. We're providing all these legal services for free to Sergeant Stein. Sure. I mean, this is, he's, he's, got, he, he, he's an E5. He, he's got a, a pregnant wife who's due in about four months. He's got a child. Uh, his enlistment was up in three months. And by the way, uh, all of his office, all of his superior officers had unanimously recommended him for re-enlistment. Uh, he wanted to be a careerist. 
many of the people that, that are now saying, oh, he's got to be kicked out, uh, just before, you know, at the uh, end of February, were saying this guy's got to stay in because he's a great, a great asset to the Marine Corps. But now they want him out, and I believe it's because of political pressure from above. But uh, we've already incurred about $35,000 in legal expenses uh, because we had to hire you know, outside legal experts because military law is not something that constitutional lawyers do on a regular basis. Sure. So we had to bring in some people who you know, really knew their stuff. Well, I have a feeling that you might, uh, you might be handling more and more of these cases as time goes on, Gary. Um, so how can people find out more about the U.S. Justice Foundation and, and contact you if, uh, if they need your, uh, need your, your, your counsel or your, you know, def- need you to defend them in, in their cases in the future? Uh, well, we have. A, uh, let me just say first, we have a website set up for Gary Stein. It's GarySteinUs. It's G A R Y S T E I N dot U.S. People can find out about Gary Stein, see the CNN interview, variety of things, donate if they want to make a tax deductible donation. If they want to contact me directly, it's uh, the website is USJF dot net. Ministers of Organization, the United States Justice Foundation, USJF.net. There's a phone number and an email address and all that. They go there and they can contact me directly. Well, Gary, I truly appreciate what you're doing. I, I'd love to have you back on the show. I didn't realize all the uh, all the good work that you're doing. I'd love to have you back on to talk about not only how uh, Gary uh, Sergeant Stein's uh, case is uh, resolved, but obviously uh, some of the other uh, matters that you've uh, brought up in this interview. I'll be more than happy to. Just give me a call anytime. You got it, brother. Thank you, uh, Gary Krupp, Executive Director of the U.S. uh, Justice Foundation. And uh, we will be back with more Kelly Truth Squad after this. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this.